This is Women of Grace Live, discussing issues important to your life and faith. Spiritual insight, practical wisdom. Join us as we transform the world one woman at a time. Women of Grace, for such a time as this. Now, here's your host, Johnette Williams. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Women of Grace Live. I am Johnette Williams. Very happy to be with you today on this Wednesday in the Lord. It is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen and hallelujah. It is Wednesday, as I said. You know what that is here on Women of Grace. It's Wacky Wednesday, and Sue Brinkman is with us, and she is going to be sharing with us today about all of those things that we see happening in the culture today that uh, we can look at it and say, gee, I, I don't think that that lines up with the church, or does that line up with the church, or what does scripture say about that? Well, Sue has the answers. Uh, we've got all kinds of ideologies that are being presented to us, and some of them coming packaged in spiritualities that are very far removed from the revealed truth of sacred scripture and the teachings of the church. We explore those topics on Wednesdays here on Women of Grace Live, and we're always eager to hear from you. So let me give you a couple of phone numbers to begin with, 833 EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. That is the way that you can join us live here on Women of Grace, where we do love having that holy conversation with you. It's a toll-free number for you here in North America. Now, outside of North America, your number is country code 1-205-271-2985. Again, that's country code 1-205-271-2985. 2985. We welcome your calls. Uh, And let me just say this, uh, if you uh, are outside of North America and you call in, uh, we'll get to you right away. We will float you to the head of the line because we know that you're calling from out of the country. Uh, The rest of you, however, boy, you've got that toll-free number, 833-288-EWTN. Michael McCall is out there and he is in our social media seat today. He is retrieving your questions that you leave for us at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. So uh, you can communicate with us that way. He will get your information up on the board and we will be able to address it. Matthew Gubensky answering the phones today. He is always right there eager to hear from you. So are we. If you're a first time caller or a first time submitter, do let us know and this is what we'll do. We will ring our debut bell for you to welcome you for your first time on Women of Grace Live. Uh, All kinds of things going on out there in Women of Grace land. I invite you to get out there and to check out our website, womenofgrace.com, and look at some of the various opportunities that are available for you through our Apostolate to Women. Uh, One of the big things that's coming up uh, very soon here, and that, and I mean very soon, is this beautiful, beautiful webinar uh, that is going to be held uh, here through, uh, you know, social media and all of the ways that we do these things, uh, February 27th. It's an online webinar with Father Chris Alar, and we are going to be taking a very detailed look at the uh, beautiful, beautiful image of our Lord in his divine mercy representation. We're going to be diving deeply into that divine mercy image. It's going to be a beautiful exploration. All of those words are in the title, Dive into the Divine Mercy Image, A Deep Exploration with Father Chris Alar. You know, that image is an icon. Icons have a certain presence uh, to them, meaning that, you know, they're, they're, they're representative of many things that we know theologically 
theologically and many truths that God would have us know. And obviously, we can look at the divine mercy image, and there are certain aspects of it that uh, many of us have been schooled in uh, through the the decades that this image has been available to us, and and the the, the more well known features of this icon. But there's much much more in this icon than meets the eye. Uh, and as it is with most icons, everything about it is representative and everything about it is communicating to us some theological truth. And uh, Father Chris is going to take us into it. So if you love divine mercy, if you have a devotion uh, to uh, our Lord in the image of the divine mercy, if you like Faustina's diary, uh, I, I really would love for you to join us for this webinar because this is just going to fill out the picture for you ever so much more. If you're not at all familiar with divine mercy or your understanding of it is very cursory, uh, your knowledge of the image itself very uh, rudimentary, then let me just say that this is going to be one tremendous way for you uh, to be become more deeply uh, engaged with what God wants to communicate to you and have you know by way of this image. Uh, so we're very, very excited about this. Um, uh, Father Chris is a marvelous presenter, uh, and he is going to, I know, just uh, really, if I can use this in terms of such a beautiful, beautiful webinar, he's going to knock our socks off <laughs> with what he's going to be sharing with us. And that is going to be February 27th, begins at 7.30 p.m., and it runs until 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Times, right? So uh, we're giving you the Eastern time for that, February 27th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. All of the information is available for you at our website, and we invite you to come out and join us. You know, obviously, because this is being done uh, via, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the internet, we can accept large numbers of people. When you register, we'll send you a link. I think it's a Zoom link, actually, and uh, that'll connect you uh, on the evening of the uh, beautiful online uh, webinar that we're going to be holding. So get out there, read about it, join us for it. Um, it's priced in such a fashion that uh, it, hopefully it will be achievable for you. Uh, we really want for you to come. You know, this is the time to, 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 to enter so deeply into this image during this beautiful time of Lent is wonderful because Lent is all about the mercy of God, isn't it? The passion, death, resurrection, ascension uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ, you know, that is God's mercy. Uh, when we want to know what, what, what does God think about me? Well, you look at a crucifix, that's God's love letter to you. This is what I think about you. I think, I think so highly of you. I am so in love with you that I sent my only begotten son into the world to die for you that you might not die, that you might have eternal life. What a beautiful, beautiful statement. Uh, so to discover more about this image, this image that is representative, encapsulates, if you will, uh, the mercy of God, I think is a beautiful thing to do during the Lenten season. And that's just one lovely thing that we have coming up. I want to draw your attention to the fact that, uh, and Sue will talk a little bit about this when she joins us after this first break, uh, but we uh, had our our, our beautiful uh, uh, online uh, meeting, if you will, uh, with Father Jordi Rivero uh, just this past week, and, and it was a kickoff webinar for the book study that we are going to be uh, holding, hosting, beginning on March the 4th, Seasons of the Soul. Lovely book, a lovely book on the spiritual life given to us by Blessed Conchita Concepcion Cabrera de Armida. Uh, and Sue Brinkman, our own Sue Brinkman, will be 
leading that as she does all of our book studies. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just lovely. And it pairs, it pairs nicely with um, uh, the beautiful uh, spiritual path that's given to us through uh, St. Teresa of Avila, St. John of the Cross. Blessed Conchita is saying the same thing, uh, but just in a different representative way. So we uh, are very excited about this and hoping that you will join us for that. There's more going on at Women of Grace. We'll talk a little bit about it at the bottom of the hour, but you hear that music. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to go to our first break, and then Sue Brinkman is going to be with us. Yes, she is. It is a Wacky Wednesday here, and we're inviting you uh, to call us with your questions and comments about the new age or anything that you see that's going on. We answer questions about the occult, Eastern Oriental mysticism, all kinds of various things. 833-288-EWTN is the toll-free number for you in North America. That's 833-288-3986. And our social media outlets are there for you, too. EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page offers you the chat feature so you can put your question or comment right in there. Coming right back on the other side of the break, stay with us. Well, there you hear it, friends. You hear that creepy music. It's spooky. It's creepy. It's because we talk about some spooky and creepy things here on Wednesdays on Women of Grace. Sue Brinkman is with us, and we talk about the New Age, the occult, all kinds of things that we know we ought not to be involved in, and yet, you know, sometimes they're so subtly presented, we can't really discern. And that's why we offer you this opportunity to call in with your questions about things of that nature. 833-288-EWTN, that's 833-288-3986 is the way that you can join us here. Eager to take your calls, Matthew Gabensky's just itching to get to those phone lines, uh, but you have to make them ring or else he can't get to them. So we invite you to make them ring and give us a call, 833-288-EWTN, that's 833-288-3986. In addition to all of that, we're available for you out there at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. Looking forward to your questions. Uh, oh, they're coming in. Oh my goodness. Very good. So happy to see the lines lighting up and questions coming in. Deanna with us there. Hang on there, Deanna. We're going to get to you. First, though, I want to get to Sue. Hey, Sue, how are you? Hi, Sue. Okay, so we're working on audio here a little bit, and uh, Sue doesn't hear me. <laughs> I'm pulling, trying to pull her in here, uh, but we're going to get to Sue in just a moment, um, and, uh, you know, we're going to figure this out. Um, um, Sue, can Sue, you hear, can me, you now? hear me now? Excellent, excellent. So how are you doing today? But you just clicked out again. I'm sorry. We're having some audio issues here. So, Sue, so, share with us, uh, what uh, what topic are we going to explore together before we get to our phone calls? Well, we had one really good question here about somebody who, who wrote, and she said, now that she's becoming more familiar with the New Age and the occult, she's wondered about that game that we used to play when we were kids at sleepovers, and I'm sure you, I think you remember it, um, Johnette. It was called Stiff as a Board, Light as a Feather, and it was where you would levitate, you would... would Everybody would gather around the person. We would lay the person out on the floor. Everyone would gather around her and we'd each would slide two fingers underneath. And then we would say like what we called it a magic chant. It was like a little poem of some kind. And then on the count of three, we would lift. And the person would actually lift up off the floor. And she thought, you know, is this, does this have anything to do with the occult, what we were doing? And I 
did some research on it and found out some interesting things about that particular game. Um, as a matter of fact, no, it has nothing to do with the occult. And the fingers, our fingers are actually stronger than we think they are. And this is according to a man named Dr. Carl Kruzelnicki. I'm sure that I messed his name up, so I'm just going to call him Dr. Carl from here on. He was from ABC Science. Um, and he said that there have actually been people who, one's, one was a French-Canadian. He was able to lift 553 pounds with his right middle finger. And that record was beaten by an American strongman named Lincoln Travis, who lifted 560 pounds on his 50th birthday with a single finger. I had oh no idea goodness. that her fingers were that, you know, strong. But Dr. Carl says that when people are gathered around this person on the floor, and each of us puts, you know, X number of fingers underneath that person's body, we're each lifting about 26 to 44 pounds, which we can easily do with our fingers. And I don't know if you're like me, Jeanette, but I don't like making two trips to the car after a grocery trip. So I constantly have bags dangling off fingers as I'm coming into the house. And some of them are quite heavy. And I, I can do that. And he says, when you're all gathered around, you are able to lift a person. That's true. Now, when we lifted the person, um, they would never stay up in the air for long. They would eventually, like, like we would put them up there, I would say maybe 20 seconds, and they would drop to the floor. Um, but we would, you know, be hooting and hollering the whole time, all the, all the way up and all the way down. We, we would think it was magic. This is magic. But it really isn't magic at all. It's kind of using an analogy would be the relation of stage magic to occult magic. You know, stage magic is really just illusion and and occult magic is spell casting so that's kind of what this what this is all about but that doesn't mean that the devil doesn't do that because you know he's a mimic um and he does mimic levitation which as you know was was associated with many of our saints saint dominic levitated saint francis of assisi thomas aquinas um let me see who else here saint ignatius loyola we also know saint joseph of cupertino i know about St. Teresa of Avila, who once levitated in full view of her community right after receiving communion. And she said the episode so terrified her that later she said that that um, it made every hair on her body stand up. That's how terrifying that was. But Joseph Cupertino used to fly around all the time. He's he was like 70 flights. Um, He's the, one of he, is the of saint, he is the he patron is the saint, saint, saint flying. flying. Should be. Because he did a lot of flying in his day. <laughs> he did a lot of flying. Um, and he was, you know, raised up pretty high into the sky. But as I said, you know, the devil does mimic that. And we know that that's often a sign of demonic possession is levitation. Uh, and, and that, of course, of, of that famous scene uh, or scenes rather in The Exorcist, several scenes had the, the, the young girl floating above the bed. So he does mimic that. Witches are said to fly on their broomsticks thanks to a form of levitation. And that, of course, would be uh, would be the occult version of this. But a pajama party levitation game is just child's play and it's nothing to worry about. But I thought it was very interesting when I looked it up. I thought I never knew my fingers were that strong, but I guess they are. I carry a lot of groceries on my fingers. <laughs> Well, you know, it is interesting, Sue, and I think part of the uh, other aspect of that, though, is that uh, so oftentimes when these girls come together, you know, and they're doing that thing, they will at least imitate the whole uh, idea 
of 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 a trance you know uh and and that that aspect of it though we the 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 what a, you know the the physics of of what is do, going on there with the body is one thing, but you know just those preliminary kinds of activities that they engage in, uh, you know where they're you know, thinking that they're operating with or calling down some kind of unique power, that that can always just be a that that's concerning. We don't want our girls doing that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you have to be careful about that. We didn't do any trance-like stuff. We we just did stiff as a board, light as a feather. Uh, or the other name for it is finger lift. So there obviously are some versions of the game that don't have anything to do with, you know, magic or whatever. Like we had a chant that we said, and it was it was a little poem and that sort of thing. So you got to watch. Absolutely, you got to be careful of it. The same thing with stage magic. I we get letters all the time from people saying, "Is it okay if I have a birthday party and I, I invite a stage magician to my child's party?" And I say, "You know what? That's why don't you think of something else." Why don't you have like a petting zoo come or something like that? You know, that's right. Right. Um, because the child's mind can't discern between stage magic being illusion and stage magic such as and magic such as what Harry Potter does. And they are so exposed to this stuff in their books and their literature and that sort of thing um, that I think that kind of thing can be very, very dangerous for them. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it is stage magic, it has nothing to do with the occult or whatever. Just like you said, John, it. it kind of leads them into a way of thinking about things where they're seeing it as harmless when it really isn't because they've crossed the line now from illusion and gone into the occult. So I think yeah. you're right there. Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing of it is that line can yeah, be very, a very narrow one, you know, and oftentimes a very blurred one. So, uh, yeah. So what, what starts off as a childhood game can pick up and become something that is no longer a childhood game. Exactly. It's and it can happen very easy because the child's mind is just not that developed. It really can't distinguish sometimes. Even between fantasy and reality, it can't really distinguish between it. You have to be very careful with their little minds and what you're introducing to them, uh, because there's a lot of very dangerous stuff out there that they're being exposed to uh when they're not necessarily inside your home, such as when they go to schools and they go into their libraries. We know what kind of books are in there. Um and, and what they're watching on television, what they see on their cell phones. Um, this is all stuff that's that's permeated with the occult because our culture right now is fascinated with the occult. For mm-hmm. whatever reason, they're fascinated with danger and yeah. and because that's exactly what they're doing. They're flirting with danger. And um, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And these kids may not be able to discern the difference and think, oh, well, you know, I had I had a, a, a magician come to my birthday party. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to know yes. that there's a difference between it until sometimes it's too late. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm getting a text message actually from my daughter. <laughs> She's saying, like Bloody Mary. She says, and they generally all play those games together, you know, at, at these at these at these parties that the children have. So, uh, you know, uh, all of that all being, that being said, said, you know. Yeah. So my daughter uh, texted in Sue and was talking about Bloody Mary. So all of that being said, we're still trying to work out these little audio issues that we have today here, but we're working on it, everybody. So just hang in there with us. Uh, I do, Sue, want to go to um, Deanna out there on YouTube before we get to our phone lines, and I do want to give you those numbers again, friends. Toll free for you right here in North America: eight three three two eight eight EWTN. That's eight three three two eight eight. Uh, 39 
866 and available for you at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. Uh, Deanna wants to know this, Sue. She says, can Sue address Ilia Delio's Center for Christogenesis? Uh, and uh, she says, uh, she it, it, oh, Christogenesis. And, and you're saying that that's not anything that you, you're familiar with, Sue. Mm-mm. I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it. Okay. I, I've written it down, and I have every intention, of course, <laughs> of looking it up um, because I love to do that stuff. I don't know why. But I will go ahead and look it up, and I will get something onto our website about it. So just keep your eye on our website at womenofgrace.com because uh, that's where I post all my stuff. And, um, okay, Christogenesis. Okay. Yeah, it sounds kind of a little weird, but let's see what it is. Um but I have not heard of it to date. It's not come up. So good question, Deanna. We love those questions. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Sue keeps Sue busy, busy doing, doing all that all. researching. Let's get out there, and we've got Marie. She's with us in New England today, and she's listening to us via Our Lady of Perpetual Help Radio. Good morning, Marie. Hi. I have a question for you. Sure. Um, are you familiar with psychic comedy shows? Uh, where I'm not there's familiar. live audiences. Um, I someone I ran into told me they went to a psychic comedy show, and um, it's it's where uh, the psychic tries to guess, uh, like someone in the audience. They volunteer and they write things down on a paper, and um, they they guess it, and uh, a lot of people are um, get really excited and and about it and. Uh, so, yeah, so um, Sue, Marie is asking about these psychic comedy uh, or psychic stage shows uh, where people write things down on a piece of paper and the psychic tries to guess it, uh, but it's a comedy show. Have you, are you familiar with any of those? those? I've seen some of them. Yes, I have. I have. Um, what they're really showing you is some of the, the con artist tricks that are used quite widely by serious psychics and mediums who claim that they're able to to do these things these are all you know slates of hand different kinds of tricks uh that they're using and and they are used by serious psychics who want to tell you that that what they're doing is true uh, uh we, we've never had a single crime by the way ever ever solved by a psychic never once even though they they're always out there oh yeah the, the police department has engaged so such and such a psychic to go and and try to find this lost person and it's never it's never worked uh, not a single case, according to the FBI. But anyway, uh, yeah, psychic comedy and psychic stage shows are good for that reason, um, if you can call them good. Uh, they're they're just showing you what, what some of the slates of hand are that are used by mediums to fool the public and dupe them into believing that they can see into the future uh, and can give them the answers to the problems of life. So, uh, but personally, I don't think it's funny. Anything that has to do with psychics, uh, because uh, they are engaged in direct occult activity whether they believe that or not doesn't matter they are uh and i think mimicking is the same problem like what we were just talking about with the stage shows and uh magic shows and and you know playing games at the at the pajama parties that could lead you into other things just stay away from them they're not that funny there's plenty of other comedians out there in comedy shows that we could be watching that don't have to do with psychic powers yeah yeah does that, does help, that you, help you marie? marie yes yes great thank you so much you're welcome so much. You know, and, and again, I just think that this shows, Sue, how inundated our contemporary culture is uh, with these kinds of spiritualities. And there's a reason for that, because when we are living in a culture that 
has repudiated the things of God, a culture that's living outside of a worldview that incorporates him into every aspect of it. The soul hungers for the spiritual. We we are spiritual beings as well as being corporeal beings. You know, we're composite of body and soul. And that part of our being needs to be fed. And if it's not fed, not receiving uh, the nourishment that it needs from that which is good, true, and beautiful, it's going to find it somewhere else. Uh, and that's exactly what we see happening. There's going to be a belief system that's put in place. No, make no mistake about it. There is no such thing as a, as a truly secular uh, culture. Uh, there's always a belief system that is attached to it. Uh, and uh, secular cultures often will lean towards Marxism. It's a belief system. Uh, so, you know, when you, when you uh, are not allowing yourself to enter into the, the, the truth who is Jesus Christ, we're going to search out anything uh, uh, to, to try to fill that void. Let's get to Laura. She is in Greenville, South Carolina today, listening to us via Catholic Radio in South Carolina. Good morning, Laura. Hey, how are you? Donna, <laughs> it's nice, to, nice to talk to you. Um, I met you, my mom and I met you at the end of the day um, in Alabama last year. So, oh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was great to meet you in person, and uh, you let us take a picture with you and your sister, so that was really nice. <laughs> lovely, lovely. That that kind of gives me the time zone that you were here. I'm so happy you're yeah. calling in today. So what's your question for Sue? Okay, um, all right, Sue. So... Um, as far as zodiacs go, um, I, I definitely don't, uh, you know, believe in it as far as, you know, what's going to happen daily in your life and all that kind of thing. But, um, like, when I get along with some, like, when I connect with somebody, I'm a hairdresser, and, and um, I work with a lot of different hairdressers and different people. And, like, when we just kind of, like, our, our personalities, just like, wow, we just connect. And then so after a while, I'm just so curious. I'm like, when's your birthday? And then um, a, a lot of times, a lot of times, uh, it will be like, you know, Leo, Scorpio, Aries, and all my good friends that I've had for like 30 years since like, oh my gosh, 30 years plus since I was a kid. Um, they, they are Leo, Scorpios, and Aries. And I was just wondering if that's a wrong, because I know, you know, the Lord made everything. He made, he made the moon, the stars. Um, so is it wrong? to just, like, like, it, it, like, if I were going to date somebody or something like that, I wouldn't say, hey, what's your Zodiac first, and then, okay, we'll date. But is, so, it, is okay. it wrong? Yeah, well, Laura, this is a great question, because uh, a lot of people are very involved with horoscopes. So when we come back from our break, uh, Sue will respond to you. And uh, it is true, the Lord did make the moon, and he did make the stars. But he didn't say that we looked to the moon and the stars uh, to try to find out some kind of arcane wisdom or to gain some kind of knowledge about the future. Uh, he made the moon and the stars as luminaries in the skies, <laughs> you know, to, uh, one, help us with direction, but two, to light up the night. So when we come back from our break, I'll let Sue get into that a little bit more deeply. And friends, we're looking forward to hearing from you, 833-288-EWTN. Pick up the phone, give us a call. Matthew Kabinsky is there for you. Coming right back. Stay with us. Join in on the conversation. The Women of Grace phone lines are open. 1-833-288-EWTN 1-833-288-EWTN 
888-288-3986. Well, welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Women of Grace Live. I'm Johnette Williams. We are so happy to be with you today. We certainly are. We're inviting you to give us a call here with your questions and your comments. Sue Brinkman is with us. It's Wednesday. We talk about all kinds of strange things out there, uh, things that have to do, you know, with the new age and with the occult. Uh, we don't want for you to fall into the lies that the evil one sets up for us. They're traps, really. Uh, he's looking to uh, gain access to your soul, to your mind, to your thoughts. Ultimately, you know, he uh, wants for you to um, leave that 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 way, the truth and the life that leads to our Lord Jesus Christ. So all of that being said, we're taking your calls today, 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. Give us a call. Keep us busy. Keep Matthew Gubensky busy today. Also available for you out there uh, in YouTube and Facebook land. Use EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page to send your questions into us via social media. We have Michael McCall that's doing the retrieving today, and we're always interested in hearing from you that way. So, Sue, prior to the break there, uh, Laura from Greenville, South Carolina, has been with us. And you know, she wants to know a little bit about uh, the uh, casual reading of horoscopes um, or letting birth months dictate friendships and things of that nature. Uh, and uh, she was asking about, well, you know, the Lord did make the moon and he did make the stars. And uh, as you'll recall, prior to the break there, I mentioned he did, but he made them to be luminaries in the sky to provide us light, you know, so that we can move around and not get lost. And uh, they do give us some indication about direction, um, uh, etc. But we're not to look to the moon and the stars for determination about about big questions of life or the future. So go ahead and respond, Sue. That's she's absolutely right, though. Uh, Laura is right in saying that, you know, God did make these things, but he did not make these things to be worshipped. Uh, and that's what you're essentially doing. You're saying that it's just for fun, but there's a reason why you're going after it and looking at it. And um, John Paul II made a, made a comment. Uh, he said that not to use horoscopes. Um, rather, he said you should use prayer, authentic prayer, which always accompany a life decision made in conformity with God's law. So even just casually, oh, I just want to look at it. You really don't need to do that. There's there's nothing in that horoscope. If you knew the whole story behind horoscopes and we would need a whole show to, uh, really dedicated to telling you that you would never again look at a horoscope. That's how phony they are. So do not you don't need to do that for fun. Um, there's other, a lot of other things to do for fun than that, but uh, also the Lord tells us in Scripture, and he tells us in several places, and one of them that I'm going to quote to you now is, is Deuteronomy um, chapter 4, verse 19, and he says, And when you look up to the heavens, and behold the sun or the moon, or any star among the heavenly hosts, do not be led astray into adoring them and serving them. And that's essentially what's happening with astrology and, and horoscopes, and people are looking to these things uh, for answers to life, and that's making a God out of them. So that would be, of course, an offense against the first commandment. You don't want to get, get involved in anything like that. And as far as letting birth months uh, impact your friendships, that is a superstition. There's really nothing behind that. Uh, and again, we don't really want to be wandering into the world of superstition. Uh, we want to stick to where God is. He is adventure enough for anyone, I always say. <laughs> if you're really getting into the Lord, get into your faith, it's a, just never-ending, the adventure that you'll have with him and what you can discover about yourself, your life, and also him and where he's leading you and guiding you. It's just don't look to, to, to silly things like 
the moon and the stars. That's not what they're there for. They're, as Johnette said, to illuminate our night uh, and and uh, serve other purposes, but not for that. Not to discern yeah. our future. So you know, it, it, reminds it reminds me, me too, Sue, of the fact that what happens oftentimes is that, you know, things begin very subtly, you know, oh, it's going to be fun to go to a psychic at a county fair or whatever the case is, you know, we're going to do that. But uh, the evil one makes use of every opportunity. And uh, that that initial kind of, you know, this is a fun kind of a thing to do. Curiosity can be raised. And then we find ourselves going back again and again and again. And before you know it, we've created an unholy habit. Uh, and we are relying more than we believe we're relying. Uh, we're relying on, on that kind of information, which, as you say, is false information and does put us in jeopardy of sinning against that first commandment. So, Laura, thank you very much. And I'm glad we had that opportunity down here in Birmingham to be together and to take those pictures. <laughs> what a lovely, lovely thing. God bless you now. Let's get to Randall. He is out there in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, listening to us too, uh, via OK Catholic Broadcasting. Good morning, Randall first-time caller, ringing my bell for you. There you go. Well, I appreciate you taking my call. It You're was welcome. by coincidence. Yeah, it was by coincidence. Uh, uh, I'm, I live in Tulsa, but I'm up here in Oklahoma City, and I was going through the channels, and I heard you, and when I heard the word psychic, uh, you immediately got my attention. Um, I'm 70 years old, and when 1966, we moved to uh, my dad was transferred to Denver, Colorado, and all of a sudden he got hooked up with this psychic. So for 50 years, my dad wouldn't even make a decision without talking to his psychic. And then uh, my stepmom would book appointments for this man. My dad would, uh, when I'd get in the car with him sometimes, uh, when I'd go visit, next thing you know, we ended up at some restaurant where this psychic was at. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And my dad was so obsessed with it. And when that man, that psychic, passed away, they were close friends for 40 years. My dad was just heartbroken. And I would tell my dad, I said, Dad, we grew up in the church. And you're not to listen to these people. And I said, can you tell me one thing? He told you you was going to hit a gold mine and be worth $16 billion. He told you you was going to strike oil. You know, just over and over again, he would think that he would tell you things that you wanted to hear. And the thing that struck me was when he had talked to me, he would ask questions of me. Well, who's this person here? You know, who's this girl? Who's this person? And I, my dad got upset when I told him. I said, well, you tell me you're the psychic. You know, you're, you're the one that's supposed to be able to see the future. And you're the one that's telling us that we're going to be multimillionaires and do all that stuff. You drug my dad along for 50 years. My father passed away in 2011. And just before we said we were sitting down talking before he had passed. And he told me, he said, son, I made a big mistake. And I made mistakes in my life. And he says, and I was obsessed with uh, the psyche. And he says, Everything they told me, he said, I, I would just absorb. He'd even write down word for word practically what they would say. And he was able to string my father along for 50 years. Oh, my goodness. And I, it, it was just unbelievable. Even our my my aunts and uncles would try to talk to him. Very well, religious people uh, grew up 
in the church, baptized, and he, we just couldn't get him to see that these people uh, that claim that they can see the future show us in Scripture where you're even going to talk to those people. That's but right. It, it really, it really made our lives as kids tough because when I would talk about, you know, Dad, I'm, you know, with my kids or in business or something like that, then we'd hang up and he'd call the psychic, mm-hmm. and then he'd call me back. And he'd say, well, you know, George said this, or Miss Schaefer said this. And I said, Dad, I just called to talk to you. I don't care what they have to say because I, I don't believe that one bit. Mm-hmm. And I believe that uh, I believe that uh, when we all die, our bodies are going to return to the dust that it came from. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll, t- I'll tell you, Randall, what you're saying here, I think, is is um, really illustrating the truth of what we were talking about right prior to your call, and that things can start off w- which seem rather innocent at first, but they can become an obsession. And an and obsession, you know, there, there are obsessing, oppressing, and harassing spirits. And um, when you find yourself where you can't make any decisions in life without consulting someone else, who supposedly has hidden powers and 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 can read the future and is getting all of this information from we know it's from demons but they claim it's from other sources the fact of the matter is you, you can you can make your life and everybody else's life a a living uh, hell, really. And that's what you're describing here. And it's sad, Sue, isn't it? I mean, I think that this shows exactly how things can start innocently, becomes an addiction, an obsession, uh, and and really um, ends up causing a lot of difficulty and bitterness for a lot of people. And, and uh, that's exactly what Randall's expressing. Yes. And yet, like you said, it starts out innocently. You know, perhaps uh, is your grandfather... Uh, was in a vulnerable moment in his life and he just kind of he was just looking for something searching for answers and he couldn't seem to find them in his faith uh we don't know what compelled him to start going there but that's that's really the way these psychics operate and and most of them are con artists the large majority of them are but some of them do have powers they are consorting with demonic entities Maura Noonan explains that in her book Ransom from Darkness uh she was a clairvoyant uh, she was able to, you know, see into the past, the present, and the future. Um, so she she had that ability uh, to do that. And and these are all things that powers or whatever that are are uh, given to us uh, through the the uh, application of of Satan and satanic powers that he lends to these people because they're wide open to him and they're they're they don't care they're they they don't care where they're getting the power from they just want the power so they they may start to say things perhaps to this grandfather that were true obviously. There weren't because from from what I'm hearing, there were a lot of problems in the family because of what this psychic was recommending. No doubt he was probably a corn artist. Our blog at womenofgrace.com is full of stories. If you just scroll down the index to the word psychic, it is filled with stories. There's got to be at least a dozen stories there of major cons that went on. I mean, talk people being conned out of hundreds of thousands of dollars. There's even one story in there where uh, two psychics were sitting in a restaurant. And two seconds um, later, after they sat down to, to order their meal, a car crashed through the window like two feet from where they were sitting. And and their whole reputation was ruined after that. Like, why didn't you know that a car was about to crash into that window and almost kill the two of you? Um, that was a big sensation when that happened. Um, 
but they are most of them are con artists and and um unfortunately your grandfather fell into their their clutches and they are very good at what they do uh many of them are consorting with dark powers um and, and coming up with things but hey it's it's dark to begin with just to be sitting there and conning people like that um that's evil in itself and unfortunately that's what happened to your grandfather but he seems to have repented it at the end of his life he regretted what he did and he saw that it was a mistake yeah. And that's and what that, we hope for. Randall, thank you for your call because I think that your story underscores exactly what uh, Sue has been speaking about for so many years and writing about for so many years. And it serves as a good warning to all of us. You know, uh, Scripture gives us these mandates to stay away from certain things <laughs> for very good reasons. You know, we, And when we are, are, are stubborn of heart and, and we don't uh, follow what the will of God is, we find ourselves in big messes. And sometimes, you know, it's a lifetime of messes. But praise be to God that, uh, you know, um, we have the opportunity for repentance uh, throughout the course of our lives. And uh, even at that very, very last moment of life, our God is a loving God, merciful God who desires union with us. But when you think, Sue, of, of all the time that's wasted, when all of that kind of um, attention and interest could have been spent uh, on, on digging into the truths of the faith and spending time in prayer with our Lord and, and growing closer to him, it's heartbreaking. It's really a shame, isn't it? Oh, it absolutely is, because really the only person they should want to be looking towards is God. And I know something I used to tell the girls in my Young Women of Grace classes I used to say to them, you know, God doesn't have all these laws because he wants to rain on your party and he doesn't want you to have a good time. It's because there's dangers in there and he's warning you away from them. So the Ten Commandments are protections. That's They're right. not do's and don'ts. They're protections. Um, and, and you should look at them in, in that light because he's protecting you from something. And if you don't believe that, look it up. I, yeah, that's yeah. what I do here. That's my job. I look up this stuff and find out just exactly what is wrong with it. And it is wrong and it is evil and it is dangerous. So yes, we, yes. we need to uh, just be really careful with that sort of thing. Just that's, stay that's, away from it. It's not worth it. Look to God. He's the, he's the greatest adventure of your lifetime. Once you start right. to read up about him and learn about him, he is just you'll become as fascinated with him uh, as gosh, you could ever be with it with a psychic. That's just so yeah, shallow. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's one that's, of the reasons why we warn parents, you know, to, to be very careful about the literature that their children um, are, are consuming. And the reason for that is because, you know, these ideas can get planted. It does shape the worldview a little bit more, uh, you know, a little differently. It can tilt things. Uh, it doesn't mean that your child is eventually going to, you know, have a problem with the evil one, you know, need deliverance or exorcism. But it does mean that we're stimulating a curiosity for things that they shouldn't even be wanting to go near, uh, that we should be putting, you know, a hedge around, so to speak, uh, so that uh, we're not allowing them to get anywhere even near the temptation of it all. So good uh, good advice, Sue, on your part. Yes, get out to our blog, womenofgrace.com. The New Age blog is there for you. You can search it by topic. Uh, lots of good uh, information available for you. Let's get to Cleve. I want to get to Cleve in Hyattsville, Maryland today, listening to us via SiriusXM. Good morning, Cleve. Hi, how you doing? Very well. How are you? Okay. I wanted to ask uh, Miss um, Miss uh, Sue Brickman, um, in regarding you know where where because I'm I'm at a part time I'm working at a part time job. I actually work at the Museum of the Bible in D.C. Ah, okay. So, uh, yeah, part time. So um, 
I'm working with someone. She's like one of the managers, and you know, she, we would they were talking about birthdays, and they would they came to me and asked me about my birthday, and I told them what my birthday, when my birthday is, like the day after Valentine. So this is the this is the this is the point that that grabs me that I have to bring this to part of Women of Race at mm-hmm. Wacky Wednesday <laughs> is she because <laughs> it scared me because I start have some form of anxiety. Ah, okay. She she told me that I was Aquarius. I want to ask Miss Brickman, um, what do you, why do you, what do you, um, I don't know how to respond to that because I don't do that anymore. I used to do that, but I don't do that anymore because I'm, I'm more about, more um, interested, you know, of knowing who God is and growing closer to God or stay away from the occult and, and a new age something. Yeah, and that's I know that's part of New Age, like astrology. If uh-huh. someone is a like they're Scorpion or oh, you're Aquarius because that's the month you were born. I just want Miss Brickman to explain to me oh the situation of that. Yeah. yeah okay. okay. Uh, so you know, it, it's interesting. I just like to comment for a moment here, Cleve, that um, you know, oftentimes people that are involved in astrological charts and the horoscopes and all of this, they'll they'll uh, they will inform us about the zodiac sign that would be ours. Should we believe in those things? And those zodiac signs are arranged according to various times of the year. Um, and so you know, the fact that uh, this woman said, "Well, you were an Aquarius," you know. I, Obviously, we don't believe in those things, you know, and so, you know, what I would say, and I'll I'll let Sue respond to you in just a second here, but what I would say, when somebody comes up and asks what your sign is, I tell them it's the sign of the cross. You know, or if they say, gee, your, your, your sign is Aquarius or your sign is cancer or, you know, whatever it might be, uh, you know, I'll say, no, no, that isn't my sign. My sign is the sign of the cross. And that generally stops the conversation right there. But Sue, what do you say uh, to Cleve about this coworker that, uh, that she works with? That's, I love he, I'm a he. Mine is the sign of the oh, cross. Oh, it's a he. That's I'm sorry, Cleve. I, I apologize for that. The following. I, that, but that is... Surely that, that is the answer of all time. I love that one. But here's what I would say, Cleve, um, depending on who the person is, how well you know the person is to say, well, actually, I'm not an Aquarius because I used to believe in this stuff years ago. But then I found out that it really doesn't have anything to do with science. Did you know that astrology is not the same thing as astronomy that is pretty much made up by people? And if you apply science to it, actually, my sign would be 30 days prior to the one that they're saying it is. So if you're an Aquarius, you're actually, this is from Father Mitch Pacwa's book, Catholics in the New Age. <laughs> Everybody's horoscopes are wrong if you apply it to science, because astrology has nothing to do with science. Astrology is a, is a Babylonian occult art. That's where it comes from. Um, and that would kind of be an easy way to get people to, to even maybe get them to stop it. When you say, listen, it has nothing to do with science. Astronomy is, is uh, places everybody's signs, if you want to call them signs, that there's really no such thing as that, places everybody's signs. Um, different than the one that you think you have. So you should really look into the science of astronomy and forget about astrology because it's really doesn't, it's not based on anything scientific. So I've gave it up. And now my yeah. sign is the sign of the cross. I love that, Cleve. I love that. <laughs> so Cleve, <laughs> so, Cleve uh, share with Cleve, if you would, uh, regarding the um, bit of anxiety that he gets discussing these kinds of things. Oh, uh, uh. Go ahead, uh, Maggie. Leave. Um, uh, I 
I missed that. What did you, what is you asked me well, a bit of would, anxiety? Well, yeah, you had mentioned I, that you felt a little anxious about that. Yeah, yeah, because I felt that it wasn't right. It was not right because I have I struggle with anxiety, and I don't need these kind of questions to come towards me. That's and I'm right. trying to avoid contact with the occult, psychic, you know, especially learning things from things that I wasn't aware of. Now, mm-hmm. now, now that I'm older and wiser, I, I want to consider myself wiser, that I know better, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm learning more even from women of grace that I'm oh. learning and, um, you know, and what these things can do. They can, they can sabotage your life, turn your life upside down and make things that total disaster. Well, you know, you are right about that, Cleve. Oh, I'm sorry. There's my little Maggie Mae that's weighing in as well. <laughs> but uh, Cleve, I, you know, what I would say about that is is that, you know, remember what Scripture tells us, stronger is he who is in me than he who is in the world, right? So we don't want to fear these things, but we do want to have a healthy caution with regard to them. And I think that that's, that's um, a lot of what you're expressing here. Uh, you know that these things are not of the Lord. And knowing that they're not of the Lord, you understand that they can pull you away from the Lord. And so you want to have a healthy respect for them in the sense that you don't want to go near them uh, for fear that some kind of uh, unhealthy curiosity could arise that maybe you had experienced in the past, because it sounds like you at some point in time had been somewhat involved with these things. So that being said, um, I think that you're a wise person. I'm glad that our program is aiding you in that way, giving you insight about uh, these kinds of things so that you are protecting yourself and, and staying away from them. Uh, that, that's, uh, I think that's admirable on your part, and I really do apologize for my dog friends. I don't know what to say about her. She usually isn't in here, but today, oh, well, she wanted to make her presence known. Apparently, she wants a treat or something. You know how that goes. Well, all of that being said, Sue, thank Thank you so very much for being with us today. I've really enjoyed it. Cleve, thank you for rounding out our program. Very, very appreciative for your call and all of the calls that we received today. We're here for you Monday through Friday at this same time on this same station discussing issues of importance to your life and faith. Get out there to our blog. It's the New Age blog at our website, womenofgrace.com. Lots of great answers to the questions that you might have. So go out there and check it out. I very much appreciate being with you. Sign up for that webinar coming up and the book study that Sue's going to be leading. All wonderful ways in which we can enter more deeply into the abundant life of our Lord Jesus Christ. Until we're together again, God bless you now. Bye-bye.